Welcome back, everybody, to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. We are on part two of our Smokey and the Bandit versus Cannonball Run episodes. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Let's just do the checklist real quick, all right? You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Zipper, most of the way down. Where's <laughs> beer? Ready to go. Rosary bleeds, ready to go. <laughs> no smoking in the rearview mirror. Let's put the hammer down and give it hell. Let's shove those rosary bleeds right up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Discussing and debating the iconic and the forgotten of 80s and 90s pop culture with your co-hosts, James D. Graves and Jason Colvin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast. Jason, are you ready to jump back in? Okay. Are we are we flipping back to Cannibal Run or are we still on Smoking the Bandit? Hey, man, I'm just here for the ride, <laughs> right? These movies are about the ride and that's what I'm here for, the ride. Uh, mercy sakes, mercy sakes. All right. <laughs> Okay, D, it's it's a crime that we have made it this far in the podcast without talking about one of the funniest characters in Cannonball Run. Hit me. Captain Chaos. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> How could we forget to talk about him? Oh, no, not him again. <laughs> Been a cop long. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm Captain Chaos, and this is my friend, Kato. <laughs> Say hello, Kato. <laughs> <laughs> Dom DeLuise, as his alternate identity, Captain Chaos, is the funniest character in Cannibal Run. The interesting thing about Captain Chaos for me is that Despite being hilarious and despite being obviously Victor Princey's stronger half, he really does have special powers. Like whenever he takes over the ambulance, the ambulance drives faster. Right. One of the funniest scenes in the movie when they get in that big joint fight at the very end when the road is blocked and they take on the biker gang. He's beating the crap out of everybody. <laughs> Captain Chaos is beating up bikers left and right. And I will say this, he takes the time to give the movie heart that was missing in other scenes. The conversation he has about how Captain Chaos would come and save him when he was getting bullied as a kid, it just, it moves you. You're just like, ah, all right, yeah. I, can, I get it now. I understand. Everybody needs their own Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos, actually, Victor charms Vera Fawcett. Roger Moore playing Seymour Goldfarb playing Roger Moore playing James Bond. So the music, you know, when the when the Aston Martin pulls up for the race, you hear the dun, 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 and and what Hal Needham said was he got within one note of being sued <laughs> over that one. Cubby Broccoli talked to Hal Needham about this. They I guess they knew each other pretty well, and we saw that scene. He was not he was not happy <laughs> about what was going on, and it was actually in in the contracts for future James Bond movies. You may not spoof James Bond in any shape or form in any of your movies. I, I think I like James Bond better in this movie than in any other. Roger Moore James Bond movie. Wow. Wow. Right. Did you did you play Spy Hunter when you were a kid at the video game? Heck yes. Oh my gosh. I loved the oil slicks and the smoke screens and the bombs that came out. But yeah, and, and as far as James Bond cars go, the Aston Martin is the coolest car that they've ever had. No way. No way. Yes. 
<laughs> I'll take the Lotus that transforms into a submarine from the Spy Who Loved Me any day. Oh, uh, so dumb. It's like a G.I. Joe episode. Cars <laughs> <laughs> in this movie only work for two or three days, right? They needed right. them at the beginning, they needed them at the end, and they needed them just kind of to do their thing in the middle. Right. Um, I think Roger Moore worked like four days, maybe. Yeah. I think he was probably a longer bit on the shoot, and he would have a different girl with him. They never explained that at all, but somehow he had a different girl with him every single time. And then one of them seems like she's from Russia or something. The one where it's like the the smoke comes into the car. Yes. So the voice is not actually that woman's voice. Yes. She sounds like... Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle because she is Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's that lady coming in to do the voice. Like in your movies. June Foray did the voice of Rocky from Bullwinkle. Uh-huh. She did. She also does the voice of Granny from Looney Tunes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she's a voice actress. She's done tons of yeah. stuff. I'm going to pull in here and get some beer, all right? Cannibal Run is one of the first movies to do product placement. I thought that was very interesting. They were paid money to show Budweiser beer, uh-huh. Slurpees, Goodyear tires, and 7-Eleven. <laughs> So that that scene, they've got the plane. How awesome is that scene? I mean, you got to think, they don't do stuff like that anymore. They don't. They're not out there doing those crazy stunts because we have CGI and we'll just CGI it all in. But back in 1981, if you're going to fly a plane and land it on the city streets of a small <laughs> town, you had to actually fly a plane and land it on the streets of a small town. And so there's power lines and stuff. So they had to have a stunt pilot come in get it under the wire and then also stop the plane. I mean, you got marks when you're shooting stuff, the camera doesn't just go everywhere. Yep. It's not a handheld. And so the plane's got to stop on a specific spot. So when you see that butt of the plane jumping up, it's because the pilot is trying to do everything he can to get it stopped on the mark. They nail it. Then Dom DeLuise hops out, just grabs some <laughs> beer and a Slurpee. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Uh, and and so at that point that he, and this Dom DeLuise is such a pro. He's walking in and then the wind from the plane blows every, that was not part, that was not scripted. It just happened. The plane was actually there. It, t- you know, it moves to move around and it blows everything all over the place. <laughs> not phased a bit. Just grabs his beer. Do you know that Hal Needham and Al Ruddy, who we mentioned before, liked Terry Bradshaw and Mel Tillis's chemistry so much that they actually proposed a TV show for these guys. Yeah. They were actually, it was all set to go, ready to green light it. And uh, they were supposed to like get the green light on Monday. And on Sunday, the guy at the studio was fired. Yeah. And so that was all scrapped. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, hey. Terry Bradshaw is fresh off of Super Bowl winning victories with the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Mel Tillis is a big country star. And Al Ruddy is also in the movie. Did you know that? He's one of the camel guys in the movie who asked for the camel cigarette. I'm the camel schmuck. Winston. Ah. Which is, again, hilarious. You got Jamie Farr and... As you know, Jamie Farr is a Jewish guy playing an Arab, and, <laughs> and Al Ruddy is this Jewish guy. Al Ruddy is the guy who produced The Godfather. I mean, that's pretty freaking awesome. That's incredible. There is a great, we talk podcasts here all the time, and one of the podcasts that Jason introduced me to long ago is called Revisionist History. 
and it's by Malcolm Gladwell and it is fantastic. And there's an episode that when you're done with this episode, go check it out. It's called Chutzpah versus Chutzpah. It's kind of, it's like they did a Shirley podcast thing with one versus the other, but <laughs> it's about Al Ruddy among others and producing this movie and how the mafia the mafioso were completely against the idea of producing a movie about the mafia. And were it was basically kind of like one of those threats, like one of those offers you can't refuse kind of deal. But Al Ruddy says to Mario Puzo, why don't you go talk to these? And they, Mario Puzo's like, no, these guys hate me. I don't want to go talk to him. He's like, ah, fine, I'll go talk to him. So Al Ruddy goes to talk to him and he says, you just read the script, just read the script. And if you got any problems with it, we will change it. And so they, you know, he's sitting there with these mafiosa guys and they're looking at it and they're on page one. They're like, what does fade in mean? (laughs) (laughs) So they get like a couple pages in and they're like, they're not going to, he knows they're not going to read a 55 page script. And they're just like, you know what? I like you. We, we trust you. Just, would you do this? Just, just don't use the word mafia in the movie. And already's like, okay. (laughs) Um, and he knows the script and he knows the word mafia is used once in the whole movie. One time he just scratches it out, scratches that one line out and they've got their movie, which is why, you know, now the word mafia never comes up in the movie, the Godfather. That's interesting. Okay. That's yeah. cool. All right. So I got to ask you, have you seen cannibal run Two? Yes. And I w- <laughs> So I can remember two things about Cannonball Run 2 because it's been many years. Number one is that Jaws from the James Bond movies, Richard Keel, is now the one driving with Jackie Chan, right? Yes. And then the other thing I can remember is Jamie Farr being flashed by a woman in a fur coat. Yes. And you can can guess why I remember this. (laughs) I wonder why that stuck (laughs) into your brain. Okay. So that came out in 1984. We talked about it briefly. It had Frank Sinatra as the chairman of the board or whatever he was in that. The Lambeau Girls included Catherine Bach from Dukes of Hazard, another Dukes of Hazard. Okay, so you've seen Cannonball Run 2. Have you seen Cannonball Run 3? I don't recognize that. Okay, here's why you don't recognize it, all right? It's called Speed Zone. Came out in 1989. Okay. The only character that you may recognize, Jamie Farr returns as the Sheik. That's it. Yeesh. While we're talking about Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds, did you know that once upon a time in Hollywood, the Leonardo DiCaprio character and the Brad Pitt character are based on the relationship that Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds had? Yeah, to a degree. Those th- those two characters are based on a few people, but yeah, the the Hal Needham Burt Reynolds relationship was definitely inspiration for that because Quentin Tarantino loves Hal Needham, loves him. Really? That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of strange fans, you know who loves Smoking the Bandit? No, who? Alfred Hitchcock loves Smoking the Bandit. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was one of his guilty pleasures. Also, comedian Norm MacDonald says okay. Smoking the Bandit is his favorite all-time movie. I'm still marveling over Alfred Hitchcock. Guilty pleasure, according to his daughter. Okay, so <laughs> Smoking the Bandit has got lots of uh, cussing in it, right? Pretty yeah. mild ones, but uh, things like uh, Tick Turd and some b- and he calls Junior a pile of monkey nuts, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> 
do not use that kind of language around my son. <laughs> my favorite thing is when he says, uh, nobody makes me look like a possum's pecker. <laughs> Junior's like, yeah, but what about that one? He's like, shut your ass. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part. Took the line from me. It's terrible. The original actors redubbed their own lines for television, right? They dubbed in the, the clean words. Yes. Except for Jackie Gleason. Uh-huh. The actor Henry Corden, who voiced Fred Flintstone, was used to replace a lot of Sheriff Justice's dialogue, right? Which is okay. funny because Fred Flintstone is basically a complete copy of Ralph Cramden from The Honeymooners. Right, yeah. But that's why when you're watching the clean version of Smoking the Bandit, you're like, is that Jackie Gleason or is that Fred Flintstone? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> okay, here's some... I just have to get these lines out. These are some of the funniest lines in, of Smoking the Bandit, all right? When Jackie Gleason says, what we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. <laughs> there ain't no way that you came from my <laughs> loins. <laughs> We get back home. <laughs> I'm gonna punch I'm gonna your mom. Punch your mama right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in a high speed pursuit. Don't you hear good? I hear perfectly. The fact that you are a sheriff is not germane to the situation. The goddamn Germans got nothing to do with it. What do you say? Shut up, punch. <laughs> when we could go all day on this stuff but uh, i like when bandit says he's going to drop off the little dolly at the choke and puke so when we go on ski trips whenever we're, we're ready to stop everybody says okay it's time to stop the choke and puke let's talk a little bit about the reception of these movies so we, we talked that smoking the bandit huge success in the united states right humongous success right but on its opening night it was not like they the first screening that they did they did in New York City, and the audience didn't like it. And the studio suddenly got very concerned, and they said, "Listen, this is not our crowd. Let us let's take it down south and see how the folks react down there." And then, of course, once they did that, it was like, "Oh yeah, we found our demographic down here." <laughs> <laughs> the folks up in New England don't get this kind of humor like we do. Cannonball Run was a huge success as well. Not quite as big as Smoking the Bandit, but sixth highest money maker of in 1981 which is not bad given that you've got superman 2 and um, lost ark lost ark coming out within that same short time period seriously uh, cannibal run was produced by golden harvest which is a famous hong kong movie studio yeah they, they made the movie enter the dragon and that's really right. how jackie chan and michael hui get involved yeah this was the first movie this was the first english speaking movie that jackie chan was in and he was brilliant he gets to show off his karate and stuff but interestingly like they're supposed to be from japan even though they're from china both of these guys <laughs> right hey you knew who we forgot to mention and i i would kick myself we forgot the uh the two lambo girls who are managed that's to what i was just about to say yes we, we can't forget her because i was thinking oh we're still on Smokey and the bandit but yeah our throwback to superman okay miss tessmacher is yes. the female highway patrolman wearing an Oklahoma highway patrol uniform better than any Oklahoma highway patrolman <laughs> has ever worn that uniform before, I gotta say. Well, hello, hot pants. I don't suppose you have a driver's license tucked down in there somewhere, do you? <laughs> yes, the same cleavage that shut down the U.S. military <laughs> is, <laughs> is on display. 
<laughs> oh, we love Valerie Perrine. Put the evidence in the car. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I'll <laughs> chew <laughs> your ass in the last. <laughs> okay, so when Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw are driving the car at the beginning of the movie, do you know what it says on the front, on the hood of the car? Wine traffic. Right. And so then what happens to the hood of the car is that it flips up. They're talking about not being able to see, which then they drive this car into this pool area and drive the car into the pool. And all of these girls that are standing around at the pool are actually the Hawaiian Tropic girls. More reason to hang out with Hal Needham. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, Hal said that the crew felt really nice whenever they got to get together in the evenings at the bar at that hotel and all of the Hawaiian Tropic girls were there having beers with all of the crew. <laughs> okay, we have not talked at all about Jack Elam. Just gotta, I gotta think about this carefully before I just come out there bold and brassy and say he's the funniest part of this movie. But if he's not the funniest part of this movie, he's pretty dang close. I'm honored, sir. I'm Dr. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Van Helsing. I think he's the funniest part of this movie. Yes. He's the funniest character in this movie. So he had been he had been kind of the bad guy in a bunch of the old westerns, and, and Hal Needham had gotten to know him through those movies as well. Hal Needham and John Wayne were best of friends, and so he met Jack Elam through that process. By the way, Hal Needham, at some point in one of John Wayne's movies, was telling the director, he's not throwing his punch right, which I can't even imagine saying about John Wayne, I'm going to correct his punch. But it was not... <laughs> It was not about what the punch was. It was about how he was throwing it with relationship to how the camera was because you could tell the way he was doing it that it wasn't a real punch. And so Hal Needham, despite the directors telling him not to, went to John Wayne and said, you're not throwing your punch right. <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to show him how to do it. And then apparently Hal Needham had gotten his kind of party ideas from John Wayne because John Wayne would always have these big parties in the evenings with all of the people from the movie. And when he went to John Wayne's party that night, John Wayne came up to him and had had, and had a few drinks and puts him in a bit of a headlock and then starts giving him a scob knob. And he's like, don't you ever embarrass me in front of my crew like that again. And Hal Needham's not a super big guy. And John Wayne was, and Hal Needham's like, Yes, sir. Never again. And from he said from that moment on, they were the best of friends for the remainder of both of their careers. Huh, that's cool. Okay, so Jack Elam plays oh, yeah. Dr. Nicholas Van, <laughs> Nicholas Van Helsing, right? Yes. Director, professor of proctology at the Nashville Faith Healing School. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot do him injustice, but for whatever reason, he has one eyeball that looks one way and one eyeball that looks another way. And he is the funniest, scariest, weirdest looking doctor. He sees Farrah Fawcett for the first time. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the perfect specimen. <laughs> Are we ready to go to final judgment? I'm ready for final judgment. Okay. All right. We cannot do these movies justice. We will sit here and laugh at funny things for the <laughs> remainder of the night if we keep going on. So so let's go. Let's talk about final judgment. We've got two brilliant movies here. 
but which one of them is the best? You go first. Okay. Let me just talk about how, what these movies mean to me. Both of these movies are an absolute home run. I can put either one on at any given time and laugh the entire way through. I love them both. But for me, I have more fun when I watch Cannonball Run, which will be blasphemous for most of my friends because they know me as a Smoking the Bandit guy. All right. So I feel like I need to defend my my choice here a little bit, right? The whole world loves Smoking the Bandit better than Cannonball Run, even though I think most people love both of these movies. It's just a given that Smoking the Bandit is more liked, okay? So here are my three reasons why Cannonball Run is better. Number one, star power. You've got Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Roger Moore, Peter Fonda, Jackie Chan, Jimmy the Greek, Farrah Fawcett. The list continues. This cast you had is me, amazing. You had me at Jimmy the Greek, okay? <laughs> Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> I can't believe you Which one of these does not mix? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two reason. <laughs> number two reason. And I'm going to try and say this without trying to sound like a pig. All right. The number two reason that Cannonball Run is better than Smoking the Bandit. There's no way you can say the rest of what you're about to say without sounding like a pig. There's no way. <laughs> I'm going to say Sally Field. Sally Field versus literally the field of women in Cannonball Run is a mismatch of epic proportions here. Uh, you have the Bond girls, which every time we see Roger Moore, he's with a different girl, including at the very end when he actually picks up one of the motorcycle biking girls. You have the Lambo girls. Once again, notice the continuity errors with their zippers. And then you I don't have, think you're right. I'm going to keep on checking that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Farrah freaking Fawcett, who yes. at the time in 1981. She, I don't know that she's ever not hot, honestly. Well, I mean, she, yeah, even into old age, she was still smoking. And number three, the number three reason why Cannonball Run is a more enjoyable movie than Smoking the Bandit, even though it's just a little bit because I love Smoking the Bandit too. <laughs> it's the blooper reel at the very end. The bloopers oh, yeah. are fantastic. They are I, absolutely the funniest part of that entire movie, and it puts it over the top for me. I love that part. I can watch it over and over and over. I would say of your bullet points, that's the strongest one for sure. The blooper reel is the funniest part of the movie and potentially the thing that would push it over Smokey and the Bandit. Thank you. And if I had time, I would take these rosary bleeds and <laughs> shove them over your nose. The rosary bleeds? <laughs> Those bleeds. Those, Those bleeds, bleeds, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love the blooper reel. It is awesome. That scene, they're actually shooting at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like It is 4 a.m. And they're all just sleep-deprived, and they can't stop laughing. And Burt Reynolds is actually hitting Dom DeLuise, which is why you see the genuine fear, the genuine <laughs> petrification of, oh, oh, please don't, please don't hit me. That oh, is pulling so his good. mustache hair out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Smoking the Bandit. Smoking the Bandit slows down a little bit in the middle for me with the, the love story. They take kind of a break from the, uh, the full on, full throttle fun fest. I love them both, but for me, Cannonball Run is more fun. You better duck or you're going to be talking at your. 
<laughs> okay, listen. It these these movies defy logic because there's virtually no plot. You got, especially with Smoking the Bandit, you got a director that comes on just you know, hey, I've been. I've been the stuntman in a bunch of movies and maybe second unit here and there. So I'm going to be able to make this movie and they end up being Burt Reynolds, who is the biggest star of the time, his biggest movies. And what have you got? What, I mean, simply in both movies, you have got fast cars. Yep. Hot women. Yep. Cool guys. Yep. And a fight. Run in there. Boom, 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 bow. Yeah, Knock them flat out. Then we go. We can still win. And so it becomes the perfect movie for any Southern audience, I guess. I don't, I mean, it is, it is just flat out brilliant. So I, I'm on the same boat with you. These are both movies that you can put on anytime and be happy. But I feel like that this is kind of the the Jurassic Park Jaws scenario that you're picking Cannonball Run because instead of just one shark, you have like a hundred sharks or whatever. That's it. But but Jackie Gleason is so freaking brilliant in this movie. And even though I can tell that most of the dialogue is improvised. Anyway, give me a minute. These beers are kicking in. I need to go take a (laughs) 10-100. Better than 10, 200. That's right. <laughs> Even though you can tell that these things are improv, the chemistry that's going on between Sally Field and Burt Reynolds is better than the Farrah Fawcett scene with Burt Reynolds, which seems kind of contrived. And as funny as all of the parts are in Cannonball Run, none of them are as funny as half of the lines of Buford T. Justice and Jackie Leeson. So, I got to go. I got to smoke you in the band on this one. And just as a backup for that, I watched this with my kids and the kids felt like Cannonball Run might be dragging a bit. And with Smokey and the Bandit, they were they were fully invested for the whole time. So I think Smokey holds up a bit better than Cannonball does. Okay, that's fine. I Not totally- politically. <laughs> one of them really hold up politically, but <laughs> yeah. I, when my son, my I have a 16-year-old, he walked through the room while I was watching these. And yeah. he, I was watching Smoking the Band at the time. He walked by and he said, this is such a freaking great movie. My 16-year-old said that. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You, We posted something on Facebook a little bit ago with like, how would you recast, recast Cannonball Run? And the overwhelming response. I mean, we got a few folks who were like, oh, hey, I'd put, you know, Seth Rogen in this part or, you know, Ryan Reynolds this part. But the overwhelming response was you cannot recast this movie. Don't touch it. Cannot be made again. It's already perfect. Don't mess with it. And I mean, I think they're right. I think you can't redo this movie. You know, Hal Needham passed away a few years ago, but even that even in that commentary, which I, I couldn't tell exactly when it was that they did it. But he was talking to Al Ruddy about, hey, what do you think about doing another Cannonball Run? And Ruddy's like, heck yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. So, I mean, almost all of those folks are gone at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Al Ruddy happens to still be, I think he's 90. He's 
He's wow. really old. But Hal Needham's gone. Burt Reynolds is gone. Farrah Fawcett is gone. Dom DeLuise is gone. Dean Martin's gone. Sammy Davis Jr. is gone. Almost all of those Roger guys. Roger Moore gone. is gone. Yeah. And so I'm falling in line with the f- folks who cu- who are followers of ours on Facebook. And th- this movie just cannot be redone. It is in a glass capsule for the time that it was made and should probably remain there. I mean, so much talent in the cast is just unbelievable. I mean, a guy 10th down on the list in talent is Terry Bradshaw, and he won Super Bowls for the Steelers, you know? So, and did a great job with this part, too. Oh, he's great. He's great. I, I'll probably get ripped up in this one. I know that Smoking the Bandit is held a little bit higher in the, the public regard, but... For me, Cannonball Run is a movie that I would like to step through the TV screen and live in that world, you know? Nothing yeah. but fun and partying and fast cars and jumps and girls and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I can't fault you from that. The it, it does, of the two movies, it does make me want to be a part of the fun more than Smokey does. It's just that Smokey gets me laughing out loud more often than Cannonball does. All right. Let us know what you think. Am I way off base like in Cannonball Run? Maybe I am. I know Smokey the Bandit's great, but tell us where you come down on this. Are you with D? Are you with me? Are we both crazy? Weigh in. All right, that's going to close it out for the Smokey and the Bandit versus Cannonball Run episodes. We'll see you next time. We'll see you guys next week. Oh,